I was addicted to drugs like cocaine, crystal meth, and living a wild lifestyle of girls selling drugs and partying. And my life got so low that I realized I couldn't do it anymore. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show. We're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about how drugs like crystal meth can be so destructive to a person's life that it completely changes someone from the inside out. Did you know there's quite a popularity with crystal methamphetamines? And it's known as the clubbing drug meaning young and old people take this when they go to the clubs, and the drug causes such a high that lasts sometimes over 12 hours. This drug is a very potent drug that can be snorted, inhaled through glass pipes, or even injected, and the drug is putting a lot of lives in danger. Today, we'll have Elliot Morgan with us, who was born and raised in a Christian family, but then after something traumatic happened, he ended up finding himself in a world of drugs, trying to mask the hidden pain in his life. Elliot, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. It is a tremendous pleasure to be here. Elliot, it's awesome having you with us today. And thank you, brother, for being transparent. Thank you for being willing to share this testimony today, because I understand God did something amazing and for real in your life. So before we talk, like, tell us a little bit about the upbringing you had that was surprisingly pretty good in a Christian family. Yeah, you know, when I think back to my childhood, I don't really have any bad memories. I mean, my upbringing was great. My parents seemed pretty happy. Normal childhood, played sports, did good in high school. Good environment, like good school, good kids, no crime, none of that stuff. No, no, lived in a regular neighborhood. Wow. My parents worked together. My dad worked hard. My mom worked for a little while. Then in the later years, she stayed home. So yeah, just a great upbringing and, you know, your typical suburban family, really. So you grew up with the idea that drugs are bad, like say no to drugs, right? Absolutely. It was almost a no-brainer. Okay. You know, drugs wasn't even anything we would think about. Wow. So what was the bad thing that happened? Yeah. So when I do think back to my childhood, the darkest area was really my senior year in high school when my mom and dad divorced. Oh, man. What did that do for you emotionally? Even though you're in high school, so you're much older. What did that kind of do for you on the inside? Yeah, it really shook me up because when your parents are together, you feel that stability and you have that normality of life. Your mom's home, your dad's there. Mm -hmm. But when one day that all changed and my mom up and left, it really left a hole there. Oh, so she just left like your lives? Like everybody? Yeah, she moved. She had some brothers that lived up in the Northeast and, you know, we were down South in Louisiana. And one day my dad picked up me and my brother at school and said, I need to tell you something, brought us home. And he said, Hey, your mom left. She moved out. Oh my gosh. So you felt really just abandoned in this moment. Just like, I mean, it's a big deal because it's your mom. Yeah, because you go to school, you think everything's okay. And then in the afternoon comes, your dad picks you up and says, by the way, you know, your mom's gone. So wow. didn't get a chance to say goodbye, had so many unanswered questions. It was, yeah, pretty bad. Oh my gosh. Did you take a break a little bit to kind of heal a bit? Or did you just go right back into going to school, trying to just live normal life? 
no, we just had to continue going to school mm. and just pick up the pieces and, and try to keep going. So even though you're raised to know that drugs are bad, how on earth did you overcome that barrier as you got older? Because again, you know, senior year, so you're older here. How did you end up jumping into it? Yeah, you know, I was a typical high school student where, you know, we would go out, you know, we'd go spend time with friends where there would be parties going on that the parents didn't know about. Mm. And I was always drinking. I started drinking alcohol like my junior year. And I remember the drugs would be around, you know, especially marijuana. It was offered to me. I never did it. I never had any kind of a temptation to do that. Mm. But I guess without me realizing, like something changed when my parents divorced and maybe I had a bit of a don't care attitude. Yeah. Like I was looking to fill a void or a hole for my mom leaving. And funny enough, I didn't even do the drugs during my senior year. You know, it was when I graduated high school and I was in that in-between area between graduating high school and going to college. When I was sneaking out of the house and going to after hour clubs, my friends and my cousin that I was hanging out with, they were doing ecstasy. Mm. And it wasn't until about the third time that I went out with them and I saw them doing that drug that I can remember back to that day. I just thought to myself, it looks like these guys are having fun. I think I want to try that. Wow. So you're just like, even though I've been taught since I was young that this is bad, you know what? It's kind of like you were sitting in a, you know, slowly boiling pot of water. Everyone else is boiling. Like, why don't I jump in too? Yeah. I mean, you always hear people say that, you know, marijuana is a gateway drug and typically people do that first and it leads to, you know, worse things. For me, it wasn't that at all. I had no interest in it. I was never tempted to do it. But that just goes to show you, if you continue to put yourself in a particular environment, you will be susceptible to those temptations. No kidding. Especially seeing, at least at the time, what I thought, you know, it looked like they were having a really good time and I was missing out. Wow. So tell me the first moment with ecstasy, what was that like? And I understand it pretty much captured you in that moment. The name of the drug literally describes the feeling. It's ecstasy. Mm. When you take that drug, it almost takes you out of your body. All of your senses are enhanced. Everything is bigger. Everything is better. So the first time I took it, it's no wonder that I got hooked because it felt like I was on top of the world. Yeah. So you felt really good. Everything when you're drinking, eating, and everything else probably. It probably opened up the door for girls and the whole works. Is that right? Yeah, because you see ecstasy medically, scientifically, what it does is it opens up the floodgates of that chemical in your brain called serotonin, Mm. which is, for lack of a better term, the feel-good drug. Relaxing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When serotonin is released, that makes you happy. It gives you that euphoric feeling and everything's enhanced from touch, taste, even smell. And so when you take that drug, it opens the floodgates of the chemical serotonin in your body and everything, I'm talking everything is much better. So basically this drug started a whole different lifestyle for you. Is that right? Yeah. It opened up my mind to a world I didn't know existed. Wow. So basically here you are going from kind of like the good kid, the good Christian kid, right? To now kind of like the wild guy, girls, hooking up with people. I mean, because, you know, I know when you're younger, you were not raised to have things like one night stands, but did you start engaging into things like that? 
Yeah, I mean, growing up, that was frowned upon, sex before marriage. Right. I think I slept with one girl in high school. I was 17 years old. I remember that. And I just kind of crossed that barrier. But it wasn't a lifestyle I lived. Right. I wasn't promiscuous. I wasn't always pursuing relationships. But when I opened that door to ecstasy and you try that drug, it really opens up a can of worms, so to speak, because everything's enhanced, as I said before. Got it. And I went from a person that would never have a one-night stand or sleep around to, I could say at the time, one of the most promiscuous people that I knew. Wow. So while you're on ecstasy, looking back, is there anything you regretted about doing this drug so much? Yeah. What I regret the most is the person that I became Mm. because you felt so good on it and you always wanted to chase that first high. Mm. But there was almost anything you would not do, you know, to attain that, which included stealing from people. Oh, wow. In fact, getting into selling drugs, you know, so that I can get them for free or get a better deal on them. Yeah. Using people to get more drugs. I mean, it completely changed me from the person I was just a few months ago. Wow. Prior to trying it. Well, and I mean, especially with you being raised that this is bad, did you kind of feel a little bit of guilt in the back of your mind during this time? Or was it just like, it's just numbing the pain now, let's just go with it? Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. Numbing the pain. Numbing the pain. Got it. It was something I would have never thought of doing, but Mm -hmm. I guess after my parents divorced, I had such an open wound in my heart. I was just looking for some kind of comfort, you know, something to stop thinking about it. Mm. I found that in ecstasy. I see. Elliot, let's stop here because I understand that this addiction to drugs left you wanting more and bigger highs that you eventually found in something called crystal meth that took you on a whole six-year cycle of crazy addiction. Elliot, man, thanks so much for sharing with us. Can't wait to have you share more on our next show. Absolutely. Thank you. Wow. Serious stuff to talk about right after this short break. Did you know that Evangelist Onlay also travels around the world speaking at gospel events? Yeah. Go to www.therealliferadioshow.com to learn more about us and what we are doing to impact the world and reach the next generation. Also, you got to check out our YouTube channel where Onlay explores different parts of the world and God's wonders, sharing insights and reaching people in different countries. Let's explore the wonders of the world together. You don't want to miss out on this one. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? I think most people getting into drugs don't realize what they're getting into. It's like walking innocently into a maze, strolling along, getting reward feeling after reward feeling. You know, it's like the drugs are just stringing its followers onto a path that ultimately leads to a sharp cliff of addiction that is difficult to navigate. And the deeper a person gets, the steeper that cliff is. But on the outside, it just looks like so much fun. Looks like a normal behavior amongst drug users. Crazy thing is that he was born into a Christian family, Elliot, but then his family got destroyed and so did his future teenage years. You know, oftentimes when a young man or a young woman suffers from inner hurt, 
there comes this longing on the inside that people do wild things to try to become fulfilled. How can something that feels so good be bad, right? How do we know that this is bad besides years of research? It's written in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. You see, the whole world has been thwarted from its original purpose, and now the gate is very wide to accept many, leading many down a path that leads to destruction. That is why the world, its music, its ideas, its friends, supports a pathway that leads to destruction. It says, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads here. That word destruction is apoloia in Greek, meaning to be ruined, means to die, and also means to be damned, like condemned to hell. Beloved, wide is that gate. Wide is a way that leads to being ruined, being damned. No one says anything about it, but masses are living their lives for themselves and don't know the salvation of Jesus Christ. Beloved, what about you? As I'm listening to Elliot, I'm realizing so many people are on this path. Lord Jesus, we come to you. We surrender our lives to you, knowing that someone who's listening right now, they're saying, I am on that path and I need to be lifted out of that path. Jesus, we call out to you. Please, Jesus, save our souls. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. If you need prayer, please send us a text at 877-325-8030. That's 877-325-8030. See you next time.